The story of First Parish Church in Arlington is one that has particularly affected me because it's a great example of one of our communities actually living out our Unitarian Universalist values about the importance of forgiveness and more importantly, because the fact that our religion is based not on creed but on covenant, upholding our value of relationship, how we are in relationship with one another in healthy and constructive ways for all, is at the heart of who we are as a religious community. The Arlington Church lived out that belief, and they lived out that belief in that the person who had hurt them and made them terrified was still someone they felt to be obligated to be in a healthy relationship with. And then, they got down to the really, real world, hard work of figuring out how to do that. The process they used with the Arlington police and the court system is called restorative justice. The Center for Justice and Reconciliation says that restorative justice is a theory of justice that emphasizes repairing the harm caused by criminal behavior. It is best accomplished through cooperative processes that allow all willing stakeholders to meet, although other approaches are available when that becomes impossible. And this leads to the transformation of people, relationships, and communities. The foundational principles of restorative justice are Crime causes harm, and justice should focus on repairing the harm. That the people most affected by the crime should be able to actively participate in its resolution. The responsibility of the government is to maintain order, but the responsibility of the community is to build peace. If restorative justice were a building, the center says it would have four corner posts. The inclusion of all parties involved, an encounter with the other side, making amends for harm, and reintegration of the parties into relationship with each other and the community. Restorative justice is a very different way of thinking about crime and punishment and our response to crime. Our response to crime focuses on repairing the harm caused by crime and reducing future harm through crime prevention. But frequently this just means being assigned punishment for our wrongdoing, jail time, fine. Restorative justice requires offenders to really personally learn, understand, and take responsibility for their actions and the harm that they have caused. It seeks actual and real redress for victims. Recompense by the offenders, reintegration of both the offender and the victim into the community. It requires a cooperative effort by individuals, offenders, victims, communities, and law enforcement. So, how did all that work out with the Arlington Church? Well, the police eventually caught the suspect. And the Arlington Church requested that he not be sent through the usual channels. That in this case it fit to be one of the options where they could request the restorative justice process in that community. And so they brought the criminal into a discussion process in the restorative justice method. They made the 
talk to them, understand that hurt, they try to understand what we can commit the crime. They ask them to educate themselves about race and what a difficult and expansive and intensive society-wide problem it is and how it is embedded in our culture. Even so much that they themselves in the church often miss this damaging effects. They forgave him. They did not excuse what he did or at any point said it was okay that he gave such a way. But they lived out their relationship to him and invited him to join into it. It was difficult for both parties. In the process, the people in the court system, the police and the community were educated about racism in a way it might not have been otherwise. And to a very real extent, everyone involved won. Peter won, the church won, and the community won. The usual criminal justice approach all too often creates a situation where everyone loses at least a little bit. It seems crazy. It seems a backwards way to go about crime and punishment. And I think one reason forgiveness is so difficult to practice is that our entire culture and our entire history holds it up as a value, but at the same time never really puts into practice processes that encourage it and teach us how to actually do it. From the criminal justice system at a macro level to life partnerships and parenting at a micro level, we have been trained to deal out punishment when hurt and offended instead of working to create healing repair fracture and maintain healthy connection to all, with all, for all. Thinking about justice in terms of relationship, repair, and forgiveness is completely foreign to the way our society has developed. It is ingrained in us that justice is retributive, that unless a punishment is suffered, there is no pain for the crime. Forgiveness may be nice and a great ideal, but it really has no place in justice. It's above and beyond. Forgiveness is an extra for the virtues. In our culture, this is as old as the Bible. We heard the reading from Exodus today, right? I cannot life for life. Here are the commandments, says God. Break them and God hates you and condemns you. Follow them and God accepts you and loves you. Right equals obedience. But obedience is a one-way relationship, and therefore not a very healthy one. In the reading this morning, Francis, an eye for an eye is not a licensing of revenge. Instead, it is actually by the people who wrote it meant to be something that put a limit on revenge. And I and I live for a living life for a life, one for one, but not more than one for one. For more, dealing out more in revenge leads to situations which in their time and culture escalated things extensively. So life for life and I for not, instead of I kill you, your family kills my family, my tribe kills your tribe, your tribe brings war against my 
For our politics even is not fostering healthy relationships between and among our people or making sure we treat everyone fairly. Our politics is about winning. We wonder why our government is fractured and politicians so divided that they can almost never work together for the common good. Because it's not about restoration and healing and justice. It's about power, getting one's way, upholding your ideology at the expense of what benefits the rest of society. Forgiveness and restoration are healing our weaknesses that get in the way of them. Nowhere has this been more evident in the last couple of weeks than the debate over the health care. Republicans lost that bill because it was all about getting one's way instead of finding the real solutions to the real problems of expensive health care. All they wanted to do was get rid of the other law. It didn't really work on how anything new would actually help that Because it's not about that. politics, it's about winning. Our government follows us now on immigration. Just follow our new immigration rules. Don't question it. Certainly don't let the courts question it. It's about winning. Pause. 
Our relationships are the same. We get in fights with loved ones, and we get in arguments, and we pull out things we know will hurt. So we can win the fight. Prove that we were the most wrong in this relationship. And then we'll give them back the emotional pain and anger they gave us for resentment and equal measure. In a society that's all about winning and retribution, there's no need to practice forgiveness. Because winners don't ask forgiveness for winning. It's not necessary. Forgiveness requires that we go beyond winning and retribution and matching an offense for prescribed punishment. Forgiveness requires we go beyond revenge and having power over one another. Part of the success of restorative justice approaches, be it in a home or a school or in prisons, is that they focus on creating win-win situations where every participant gets at least some measure of healing and fairness and restoration. Philosopher James P. Curse in his book Finite and Infinite Games suggests there are two types of games, finite and infinite. Finite games are played for the purpose of winning. Infinite games are played for the purpose of continuing the play. Finite games are bound by rules within which, in the framework of the game, there is a winner and loser. For example, monopoly, football, poker, politics, law, relationships, criminal justice. There are a multitude of finite games. We are conditioned to finite games for the only time. But, as Kirsch reminds us, there's one other type of game. An infinite game. And there is only one infinite game. Where the goal is to continue to play and continue to bring more people in this place. When we treat life as a finite game, we have trouble with forgiveness. But when we treat life as an infinite game, where the purpose is to continue to play, with as many people as possible, and then treat each other not as opponents, but partners, then we begin to see not punishment, but pardon. Our system of retribution pivots and actually discourages the practice of forgiveness. But restorative systems of justice encourage the healing and repair of relationship necessary for that better